Come to me, my melancholy babies. Cuddle up and don't be blue. All your fears are foolish fancy, maybe. You know, dear, that I'm in love with you. Every cloud must have a silver lining. Wait until the sun shines through. So smile, my honey dear, while I kiss away each or else I will be melancholy too. Hi, welcome to the Ethical Slut Podcast. Let's just, I'm going to pause for you to hear the background noise fully. I got a gentle hum of the fan. My sister is playing some red hot chili peppers in the background. I think my nephew is talking to his friend on Fortnite. And this is me in my bedroom. My cat boss is staring at my me at my staring at my Mike Crikey, my faithful microphone stand is here in front of me kind of looking over my shoulder looking out for me my room is feeling way more zen after a day of conmaring decluttering whatever it was that I was doing it just feels good it feels good in a limited space to have things in order so a lot of people listen to the episode with me coming um i still had a couple of hundred and change people listen to the last episode oh it's terrible editing this one i'm not gonna edit (laughs) it's it's strange darlings how the muse of creativity can be so incredibly elusive and there are some things that we know support it and some things we know impede it but just like mother nature herself we don't really understand it (laughs) anytime we we are sure we do that old hubris that old human condition hubris kicks in so in relationship news still not talking to Matthew because I consider him to be too high risk to be friends with because I believe it would take too much of a paradigm shift for him to I mean 
it is based on very minimal data which is him talking about flippantly about his family um, going with herd immunity and this was very early on so I sound like I'm doing that apologist thing it's because there's still a part of me that thinks that he and I could maybe find a way it would be very convenient he's got a decent sized dick he's, he's quite good at sex he's there um, I don't have to try to find a new one but oh I think if it weren't for Derek, um, who I know I'd just get some he would he wouldn't I mean that's not our relationship is not one built on um controlling the other one's behaviour, you know, in a yeah, he like if I wanted to do it I would I would do it and he would I don't know, I don't know I don't think he'd break up with me over it. But he would I he I would feel you know, he would express his disapproval and I would feel it. I feel it even before doing anything, which is kind of like a an, an emotional condom between Matthew and I. And I feel that is a good thing because he's exactly the kind of fuckboy that myself and uh, definitely uh, other women, like it, it seems to be a, a thing a lot of chicks do in their 20s. I don't know. It seems to be the trope. I'd have to ask Derek. He's the trope master general. He knows many of the tropes and the stereotypes. Finding out what the difference was here. If you don't know, a trope has some truth in it. And a stereotype is something that... Like, there was a stereotype going around that the reason that... Um, black men wore their pants so low was that they were signalling to other gay men that they were gay and there's a big chunk of people who believed that who like are just that they really legit like that was a stereotype that they subscribed to about this group of people which is terrible but I can't help finding hilarious because in contrast, sorry guys, but it does kind of seem like you've got some problems with homophobia. I mean, I'm, not, I'm like, not, it's not breaking news. Oh, somebody's doing some burnouts in the background, I think. Something's going on. Don't know if you guys can hear it. You might hear that yeah there was a documentary about it or some shit and I just you know I've noticed some things dating a black guy um yeah that's all I'm gonna say about it um he, he's you know he's pretty woke what do you reckon cat bus I'm looking back at the cat bus what do I say here I feel like I've dug myself into a hole how do I get out of it 
she says, shut the fuck up and move on to something else because you, you talk in, in a space that you don't belong. Okay, cat, cat boss, you're, you're quite correct there. As um, much as I want to be. Oh, cat boss is saying, no, really, shut the fuck up and move on. Okay, all right, all right. So, yeah, no go with Matthew, and it's annoying that I even uh, get angry, because, although I don't feel angry right now, but, because um, he was very indignant that I, that I claimed that he um, gave me a virus, which gave me really bad vertigo that I still have, which sucks. It's the feeling of when you get drunk and the room spins. That kind of thing. Ugh. Ooh, we've got a bit of a got a bit of a sound bed happening now. Ah, um. <laughs> uh, so darlings, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I I have him blocked right now, and he hasn't tried to get in contact with me. So um, yeah, that's that's parked. But um, Derek and I, you know, we we've been um ah, oh, I had a. A thing with him where he was being a bully I've come I'm, I'm starting to understand the 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 bullying dynamic better now I, I'm I think from dating Derek who despite all the work he's done on himself he can subconsciously slip into bullying behavior and I'm struggling with calling him out on it um yeah it's just one of those things cat buses move on move on <laughs> um just so just in general um and there's something so if ever you decide to stand up to a bully just know this they will come down on you 10 times harder than what you expect because and Derek explained this to me from the perspective of the bully they actually suddenly feel like a victim and so they are lashing out from a place of self-protection and so that's why it's it's so yeah that's why it's so bad because they're they're wigging out and and that's why sometimes you can hear some ridiculous rhetoric coming from someone who is abusing you oh there goes my bluetooth speaker uh and uh yeah that's the way it goes so um i went into a uh metaphoric staring competition with Derek over some behavior that was just unnecessarily um, brutish and um, patronizing in a conversation that happened 1.30 in the morning my time he was a dick and I couldn't get him to own it at all even a little bit and um, I nearly broke up with him over it and then shit went just totally crazy with the pandemic and also I woke up the next morning after the night before being adamant that I was going to break up with him 
and I woke up and then this feeling came over me and it was the feeling of his energy the the feeling that I got when we spent three weeks in LA together just ah his gorgeous body that I'm just I'm a very cuddly person so I and I I loved cuddling him and he cuddled me back and it was it was pretty hot it was a hot three weeks of fucking oh my god we fucked a lot like even one time in one position for like an hour or something just going at it it was amazing and some of you may have heard this before but I got to experience some um, light choking and it just does this thing for me. I think, I don't know if this is universal or what, but my body goes limp in a way that uh, it feels amazing. Like, and I'm, while I'm being fucked, I just, it, the sense, it changes the sensation because the relaxation that I feel like with my body going limp it just it focuses a lot of my attention on like what's happening but it's like this kind of gentle relaxed attention that I just I'm just experiencing something it's this um ah oh, gentle sensual sexual engagement like mm. it's quite it's quite exquisite and um, I know that probably seems antithetical you know like when you think about the act of someone choking and this is not for amateurs um, oh, I've got pins and needles in my foot. Um, definitely not for amateurs. Uh, Derek knew what he was doing. He's, you know, trained in the army and has other, you know. Oh, excuse me, yawning. Anyway. Um, yeah, you make sure to not press at all on the windpipe. In fact, my <laughs> it feels quite nice because my the sides of my neck are so tense that basically, like you could apply just a ton of pressure, and it just feels like nothing. It's just like I think that's part of it. it's like ah, oh, that's so relaxing. <laughs> it's like I used to pay people to massage me there. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, Ugh, it's the best kind of Vulcan grip. And, uh, yeah, so, so he and I haven't been feeling that sexy lately. It's, uh, I guess it's a, a dry spell all relationships go through, you know, um, yeah, start to get a bit restless or I don't know what it is. It's just, or it's hormonal. I, I. I'm fairly sure that once we're physically together, then that would change. It's just, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't had sex in a little while. 
but um, but I imagine you know in the not too distant future that will change oh. how wild is it to now have to factor in a global potentially deadly virus when you're thinking about love relationships and sex it is a real game changer don't you think and in the oh I don't know what kind of a caveat to add to this because I feel like I'm, I'm not a huge um, Hegel the philosopher nerd but um, I quite like the way that his work was condensed down a bit reframed by somebody else because <laughs> this is not exactly it's kind of the the gist of what Hegel was on about with the, the the thing they now call the Hegelian dialectic which is you've got your status quo right life as we know it and that is called the thesis I said that really the thesis <laughs> the um, thesis and then something new will come along inevitably and in order for it to change the status quo there's a certain tipping point and then or maybe before but it, it that that phenomena of the challenging of the status quo is the antithesis the new thing that comes in and usually I see yeah personally I see it as like just re reaching just crossing that line from it being something that doesn't that you know the status quo is able to hold its position to it being changed permanently like there is no going back to that place because the antithesis has been able to break into the status quo enough that it's undeniable to everybody whether people support it or rebel against it or are neutral to it is the way it is and then what society is left with after that is called the synthesis so this idea of when do we get back to normal <laughs> it's more what will be the new normal of the future is more the question that needs to be asked and on that note oh yeah i'm going to i'm going to talk about art and artifice 
or the commodification of and therefore illusion of authenticity. Okay, brace yourself. Oh, I'm going to scratch my shoulder while you while you do that. We are all avatars. Our own reflected avatars are catching us in a cycle of narcissistic behavior. And I'm just going to insert here. When I think about narcissism, I go back to Greek mythology and I think about Narcissus who's just walking around along. They, they're beautiful, but they don't really know it. They, they, they probably have some pretty privilege, I'd say. But then they catch the reflection of themselves in a pond and they are spellbound and they're stuck there, spellbound by their own reflection. So anyway, that's how I think of narcissism. That's my compassionate view of narcissism. The showing of vulnerability has to become a hidden artifice in order to fit into the broader cultural narrative of universality. So if you are seeing people being vulnerable, there's no space for a bit of a, what we call in theatre, a fourth wall, a, a, you know, like a, a slight, you know, protection of like, well, you, you guys get to come this far in, but then from then on, this is my private life. There's a cultural expectation, I claim, of seeing all the way through the layers. And if it's discovered that there are layers underneath that are unseen, then there's a problem. Or that, they, that what's underneath is different from what's presented. So this, uh, you know, being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be truly seen it's not just become something that people want it's something that fans demand and you can see that with social media and how if you get a gig you'll be expected to be posting on social media just as if you're like anybody else sharing with their friends except you've got two million followers or whatever I'll continue we long for authenticity, that is certain. Perhaps it is fueled by our increasing awareness of our demise as a species. To be human is to be chaotically fucked up and fucking things up for ourselves and the human race. Well, that's a dark view. Chimps and bonobos, quick lesson, genetically, functionally uh, equal, like equal amounts of the same as humans, like 
whatever that percentage is, 90, late 90s, both chimps and bonobos are, um, have the same, and us, we, we all have the same ancestor. And um, uh, the three of us have gone off in our slightly different genetic ways. The bonobos got cut off in an archaeological, in, a, in some sort of a big event. So in the Congo, they were protected and the chimpanzees were then left to deal with the gorillas. So in chimpanzee col- culture, it's much more aggressive um, and um, and selfish. And, you know, when stuff happens, like the hoarding stuff, that's very chimpanzee of us. But bonobos, they are a matriarchal society and they sort all their stuff out uh, through sex and uh, masturbation. So it's sex without the, you know, deliberately with the intention of not having babies. It's um, fucking for the sake of fucking. And that's how they resolve their conflicts. And yeah, it's really worth looking into. Oh, so it's like... How much are we going to be our chimp selves or our bonobo selves throughout this and then after this? Um, Remains to be seen. I think the whole um, lifting of the smog is very interesting. The whole um, getting shit done because it just has to be done and there's less time for politicians just bagging other politicians not answering questions it's infuriating they're a public servant they should be making it so they're easy to understand It's it's fucking ridiculous after my big media blackout that I've had since oh whenever Trump got elected I got on anchor in February 2017 so I'm just trying to think back anyway it was around I, I've just it's been I just had no connection to the media the only reason I find out what's going on in the world is somebody will tell me and then I might go look it up or probably look it up or find a, usually try to find a podcast about it I'm rubbing my eyes so I'm tired so I'm probably starting to bore you or perhaps this is helping you get to sleep so if that's the case awesome da 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 I love you, darlings. <laughs>